Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and guide us in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Good morning and welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. We're here to promote a knowledge that is engaging and transforming. And every time we get an opportunity to do this show, it's our responsibility, our obligation to empower you, our listeners. To knowing, being, and impacting the world around you. And uh, as always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. There's seven ways you can do that. Uh, primary way, if you want to get your thoughts, insights, uh, commentary, dialogue live on the air with myself, you can do that by calling uh, the number 347-237-5230. That is the number to call to get your thoughts Insights, two cents, four cents, six cents a dollar in, yeah. No, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, you also go to our Facebook page, Zero Network on Facebook. Like that page, and you can see um, you can see all kinds of posts that we've been doing over the last several years and links to the show archives, uh, archives of shows from the past. Also, go to uh, blogtalkradio.com slash zero today and follow the show like the show, subscribe to it, and you can get updates. And uh, visit my personal webpage, LorenzoTNeal.com. And every now and then we do updates and um, post interesting articles, papers, uh, or reblogs that you might enjoy. Uh, follow follow us on Twitter for the radio show is at Zero Radio. And my personal handle is at Prophesy on Twitter. Also, you can send me an email at PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. Those are all the ways that you can get in touch with us. There are plenty many, plenty other ways, I'm sure, that I just can't not think of. Also, uh, we are live on the air, and the chat room is open, so you can also join in the chat room and get your thoughts on in there also. Very interesting show and show topic today. We're going to be talking about uh, is church titles, or are church titles the new church scam, or are Pastor, our titles in general, just titles in general, are they the new church scam? And when you know anybody and everybody just getting something, we're, we're talking about that in a little bit. But first, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll get into some of the headlines. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your loving kindness that's abundant and it's new every morning. Forgive us of our sins and let the words of our mouth, the meditation of our heart, be acceptable in your sight. 
as we ask in your son's name. Amen. Well, there's a lot of things to get on, get into today. Um, uh, for many places across the country, it was election day on yesterday, and a lot of a lot of people uh, hopefully went out to the polls to vote. Here in the state of Mississippi, we had statewide elections, a couple of few local elections, but there was a very important uh, ballot initiative that was on uh, the ballot in the state of Mississippi regarding uh, fully funding public education here in the state. Now, you would think, one would think that uh, state legislators would uh, be fully in favor of such a a thing. And it, what the initiative did, it basically proposed a constitutional amendment to the state uh, constitution that will mandate the state legislature to fully fund public education, Yeah, which includes uh, primary and secondary schools here in the state of Mississippi. And um, uh, some of the legislatures were not too fond of that, so they proposed an alternative to that, which was basically the same thing, with the exception that they maintain what they've been doing. In other words, legislatures say, we got this, and we don't need a constitutional amendment to make us do that. Uh, with And it incited uh, a concern about judiciary oversight, and I'm you know, kind of partial to the legislature regarding that. I think the legislative process is established to help us do so, but and there are moments when judiciary oversight is necessary. And we see that, of course, during the civil rights movement when a lot of judiciary oversight, particularly here in the South, regarding voting and, and a lot of and uh, segregation of schools, a lot of those things are still in place. Uh, I know for a fact in Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana, a lot of those initiatives are still uh, judicial oversight is in place. That was on the federal level. Now, when you're talking about on on the state level, it's not as as not as uh, restricted. But anyway, uh, so voters went, and there was a lot of negative press about this thing. And I know many of my listeners are probably not in the state of Mississippi, but the reality is uh, the state of Mississippi is still the last major stronghold of the old South. You know, the old Dixie of the 50s, 40s, and uh, <laughs> and beyond. Um, and, and and when we do things like this, when we build against initiatives that uh, that favor what we consider uh, well, what was the propaganda from the other side was that uh, you know they literally did use the word black. You know, it's going to go to a black judge <laughs> in black schools, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, are we this bad here in Mississippi? And it's proven to be uh, correct. So I just thought I'd share that. You know, it's a, it's a sad day in the state of Mississippi. Um, uh, of course, you know, there's a lot of lot of dynamics to that whole initiative to begin with. But the reality is, and I'm saying this to my listeners, um, uh, and I, I posted this after I voted, your vote matters. Every vote matters. And... Uh, we need to stop just sending folk back to legislatures, both on the state and federal level, when they're not doing the will of the people. You know, we we elect them to do what we ask them to do or what they say they're going to do for us. And, you know, they become incumbents and they get uh, federal funds. They get all matching. You know, they get all this kind of money and they stay in and and it just gets ridiculous. Matter of fact. I think that's why Ben Carson and Donald Trump are very popular right now on the Republican side uh, at the uh, national uh, election because they they represent the outside group. They don't you know they don't represent the uh, establishment. That's the that's the term I was looking for. They're not they're non-establishment candidates. Trump has his own money. Carson has a reputation, a non-political reputation, and um, ideology altogether, you know, that's one thing. And so people are leaning favorable to them. And I, I wish that could translate to the church, you know, elder in the African Methodist Episcopal Church. We get moved around, and um, it, it's amazing to me how some pastor's tenure remains even after their tenure is over. I use my current church as an example. Uh, 
I still call, get called by the name of a former pastor here who has been not been the pastor here in at least five years. Yeah, no, longer than that. Let's see, I've been in, uh, yeah, at least six years. And and the members, you know, he was one of the longest tenured men. Men, he was one of the longest tenured pastors here at this church where I now serve. And so, <laughs> just about every Sunday, there's a member who calls me by his name. They don't, you know, <laughs> I don't take. I don't take offense at it because the uh he's a man of love. He is a man of love and love happens to be his last name, literally. So not only did he represent his last one his last name, but he he um ma- helped mature the body of the local assembly to be able to have a pastor like me. And uh so we are inter- we are very much interconnected in ministry and since he's retired he's been a great help. Um uh, but anyway my point was that um most times in congregations that are non that are autonomous uh we they they tend to um I'm trying to say this the right way they tend to hurt themselves more than help themselves by keeping in tenure uh pastors who do not have the congregation's best interests negroes can preach can preach the house down but when it comes to the interest, the best interest of the of the that local assembly, they don't have it. It's almost, almost self serving. Anyway, I digress. I just wanted to vent for a little bit about <laughs> my my state at the moment. But anyway, I um I, I want to take this time to to um, honor the life of a man I never got an opportunity to meet, but in and reflecting on his ministry and, and viewing, uh, I've grown to have a great deal of respect for, and that's the person of uh, the Reverend Dr. Roy Christian, who was the pastor of the Christian Love Baptist Church in Irvington, uh, New Jersey, I believe that's. Um, um, last week, uh, Pastor Christian was found dead in his uh, local church. And uh, of course, you know, once they found that it was on, you know, the headline read, man found dead in church. And so it was the assumption that it must have been another violent crime in the church. And, uh, you know, maybe someone killed him. Maybe someone did something ill. But I don't, I, I don't think reports have been released as to what led to his demise. But um, as soon as the incident was reported and who the person – he was identified, you know – clips of him and his ministry and what his, his testimony came out and I got the chance just to see what a wonderful man this pastor was uh, he had overcome many obstacles and like many many of us you know grew up in the church um, and somehow um, became a prodigal son and came back to the church got involved you know after leaving the church got involved with drugs and other illicit activity. Uh, but the grace of the Lord brought him back and, you know, he started his church, grew the church. And I watched that boy preach and I was like, man, that dude could go. He he was, he could preach. I watched some of the videos and, you know, and heard the story. Of even there was one story that was really moving that um I thought was just just really moving was that um uh on the day of his pastor's anniversary appreciation uh he as he was leaving the church he was approached by uh a woman and her children they were homeless uh, something to that effect and and you know she just wanted to uh she uh she showed appreciation to him and the story said that, that um, he took the money that he had gotten, and it probably was thousands of dollars that he had gotten from his appreciation and gave it to her. And, you know, that is love in action. That's his faith in action, and that's Christianity in action. Um, and I just, I, I was, you know, I was amazed and admired by by that. And it's such a tragedy. Anytime pastors uh 
die. You know, we've had several pastors this year. Um, and I reflect on one pastor in the Memphis area about a year ago who was murdered. And of course, of course, um, I think about Clemente Pickney, who was the pastor at the Emanuel in South Carolina. And it's just a tragedy. But when you know that these pastors, a pastor like this carried out the call, I mean, that's just amazing. That makes his ministry even more powerful and potent. And um, so I invite you, those of you can and will who are listening, you know, take moments to just lift up the family of uh, Reverend Christian um, and the family of the Christian Life Baptist Church, uh, Christian Life Church in Irvington. And for those other pastors who are struggling, I, I was reading a post of a friend of mine who's a pastor said that, um, and I, I'm sure he he wouldn't mind me sharing this, that, um, you know, last month, October was uh, Pastor Appreciation Month. And uh, I don't know if everyone celebrated it, but uh, a lot of people did. And my church uh, uh, shared me, shared some things with me, and I was really grateful. And then it was nothing, uh, you know, over the top. It was just an expression of love that they shared, and I really appreciate it because um, it was food. <laughs> I always loved food. But anyway, so um, uh, this pastor posted that um, he had, had was experiencing, you know, what he thought to be chest pains and all kinds of stuff and went to the doctor and discovered that everything was well with the exception that he was very stressed, exceptionally stressed. And that was leading to the um, what he was experiencing as far as um, uh, illness. And uh, most people do not know what real pastors do. I, I was sharing with someone the other day, um, I inten- unintentionally worked nearly 15 hours the other day. I, you know, and some people might say, well, I wasn't really doing anything, but when you're talking about, you know, you're, you're planning, you're organizing, you're preparing, you're doing all kinds of stuff, and time goes by so swiftly. You're visiting, you're ministering, and you're doing, and, and you know, you're attending meetings and all of this stuff. It, it, it just wears on you. The, the stress of pastoring wears on you. So so pray for that. Pray for his family. Pray for um all pastors. And and um I know there are plenty who don't don't deserve anything. <laughs> there there are plenty who and we're gonna those are the ones we're gonna be talking about some <laughs> some of them. We're gonna be talking about them today. But uh the ones who do serve this present age, they're calling to fulfill, honor them. Do Let them know that you, you appreciate them and uh, help them to live less stressful lives. Encourage them to do so. It's it's a difficult task for those who are, really have the shepherd's heart and the people's heart at their, as their, you know, center at their, at, at their heart. I don't know what I'm saying, but, you know. So anyway, let me take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be asking the questions, asking this question in particular, asking this question in particular. Has church gone crazy with all these titles? And um, what I mean by title, and, I'm, you know, there there's some crazy ones out there. But, um, you know, has it become too easy for a preacher to get a title and establish him or herself as something that they may or may not be? So yeah, yeah, we're gonna be talking about that, and it's centering around uh, one recent uh, bishop designate. <laughs> so we'll be talking about that when we come back from the break. Uh, and I'm glad that you are joining us this morning. Um, so let's take this break, and we'll be back right after this. <laughs> Thank you. 
At Farmers, we make you smarter about insurance because what you don't know can hurt you. What if you didn't know that posting your travel plans online may attract burglars? Talk to Hawaii. What if you didn't know that as the price of gold rises, so should the coverage on your jewelry? Ah. What if you didn't know that kitty litter can help you out of a slippery situation? The more you know, the better you can plan for what's ahead. Talk to farmers and get smarter about your insurance. We are farmers. Bum, ba, da, bum, 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 bum. With the Name Your Price tool, you tell us what you want to pay, and we give you a range of coverages to choose from. Who is she? That's Flowbot. She's this new robot we're trying out, mostly for, like, small stuff. Wow. Look at her go. She's pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, Flowbot. Great job. Oops. Uh-oh. Flowbot is broken. The Name Your Price tool. At the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, I'm part of a place where I'm always challenged to do more. I am a part of a place where I can be involved. I'm a part of a place where everything is possible. I'm part of a place where champions are made. At the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, you can get an affordable education with competitive degree offerings, diverse student population, and stellar faculty. Become part of a place where you can get everything you need to succeed. Become a part of the pride at the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. It's our favorite, yours and mine, because we found it together on a walk, 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 love to walk, a long walk, a, a walk with you, a walk I smelled squirrels on, but I stayed by your side because I could tell, could feel that you had a bad day and me being bad wouldn't make it any better. But being there was already helping a little anyway. And then we found that wonderful thing waiting there, waiting for you and me. And you smiled and threw it. And I decided right when I picked it up, I would never, ever leave it anywhere. Ever. Because that wonderful, bouncy, roll-around thing had made you play. And that had made you smile. Put more play in your day. Beneful. Play. It's good for you. trying to keep it all together as I do this show. So y'all just bear with me, you know. If I if, if I, I sound, you know, <laughs> inebriated, blame the meds, okay? Blame 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 the meds. Don't don't I'm not inebriated. It's too early in the day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So let's get into this topic of the day. We um the news has 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 made headlines, particularly surrounding one one well-known prophetess, prophetess Juanita Bynum II, or has been uh, made, crowned, raised, or designated, whatever you want to call. It. I don't know what I don't know what the current current thing is, but anyway, um, she's been made elevated to the office of bishop with the um, Global Union. Fellowship, a Global United Fellowship, Bishop Neal, the uh, presiding bishop. And so the question was raised is, uh, was how in the world is she a bishop? You know, and was was brought to me other questions about uh, titles. You know, how does one become a bishop? How does one become an apostle? How does one become a prophet? And what do these titles mean? And, and then there are those who have taken those titles to extreme. I mean, they they're not just apostle; they're chief apostle, and or uh, 
archbishop. <laughs> uh, and um, I think one has gone so far as call himself His Grace. Uh, but these titles are getting ridiculous, you know. Uh, just like church names are getting a bit ridiculous. That these titles are getting ridiculous. So my question, and you know, I, uh, is, uh, is is just a scam, you know. Now, uh, a lot of this, I, if you've been following the trend, if you've been in church long, and you don't have to go to, you know, you don't have to be a regular church member to be in church long. But if you, if if you are halfway in the church, you, you probably have been observing this trend. That's that's really within the last twenty five uh, to thirty years has just just really just just blown up, and that's the that's this trend of the you know the apostle elect, apostle designate, prophet so and so, overseer so and so, bishop so and so, and with the rise of independent autonomous fellowships, everybody who starts a church now. Uh, has somebody to cover them or is covering someone. And I don't understand that concept of covering. I'm, I'm going to just be honest with you. Maybe because, uh, you know, I'm in Episcopal tradition and, uh, you know, we have bishops. We have elected and consecrated bishops. That's our covering. You know, we elect our bishops. They're itinerant just as we are. So all the preachers get moved around. All the itinerant elders get moved around. You know, you don't just decide to become a bishop in our church, and you don't, you know. And I planted a church. Uh, I, I've done all that, but uh, I didn't require when I was was helping establishing churches. Uh, I wasn't a bishop. I wasn't an apostle. I was just seeing the need and those who had visions, helping them bring that vision out. And a couple of churches that I helped. Um, you know their pastors have gone on to claim those titles, and I, I just, you know, literally, they have claimed that title, those titles, of pastor and bishop, and you know, I. So this is the confusing thing to me. This, this is what gets me. Um, a person starts a church. They don't like the name Reverend. You know, Reverend used to be the the going title. Uh, you know. Reverend was the highest title that you could have. Even those who were uh, pagans still carried that title, Reverend, for some reason. You know, they weren't, uh, not all reverends were Christian. But that was the elite title. That was it. You know, once you, you know, particularly for those who were um, outside of the Orthodox Christian tradition, you know, like those old sanctified church back in the woods kind of thing. Reverend was it, you know, and then as, as particularly at the latter part of the 20th century, uh, after the charismatic renewal movement between the 60s and the 70s, as as uh, uh, more and more mainline churches uh, adopted Pentecostal worship experiences, we start to see a trend happen, and the trend became bishop and apostle. And, you know, it, and these bishops and apostles were going about and they were ordaining other bishops and apostles who were going about ordaining other bishops and apostles. And so my, I was like, OK, now, how in the world did that happen? And, and before I was read, before I was really, really about to just take a jab and say this was so unscriptural, so unbiblical, I, I had to go back and do my research. And <laughs> would you believe that right <laughs> the very the very first scripture that I got to that just blew me out the water with this idea of self appointed titled persons was Paul the Apostle himself in Galatians chapter one. Galatians chapter one verse one to be more specific, where he says uh, the lead sentence there is Paul, an apostle, not of man, but of Jesus Christ, <laughs> not by man's hands. And he he directly, I mean, that's like he he wants them to know right off 
right off top. Yo, I didn't come from that sect over there, you know, you know, uh, and matter of fact, the uh, Sunday school lesson kind of deals with this whole idea of the Denshaw and Judas, you know, this uh, dissension regarding uh, who could be a part of the faith and who couldn't be a part of faith and experience the Holy Spirit and who didn't experience the Holy Spirit. And Peter, you know, had to, had to get up and tell the folks, hey, man, y'all forgot, you know, I was the first one to go out to Cornelius's house and I didn't believe, remember the vision I had and, and so forth and so on. And I didn't want to eat and God told me to eat. And when I ate and then vision, you know, was about Cornelius. Cornelius had the same thing. And, and you know, I was surprised when, when I preached and they received and the Holy Spirit fell just like he did with us. You know, you remember that? And Paul had to kind of establish himself outside of the boundaries of, of basically what he had um what he had already known. That he was called not by not by men, but by God. By Jesus himself, you know. I don't know if it's apparition Jesus or <laughs> something. But anyway, I digress. But I think these titles have gotten written. Ridiculously out of control. Really. And what do I mean by ridiculously out of control? It seems to me. Um, and there, there's some who will argue that um, when we talk about apostolic succession, an apostolic succession it's basically in in the Roman Catholic tradition, the uh, the the belief that every single bishop, including the bishop of Rome, the Pope himself, there's a succession of the laying of hands that can be trans, that can be basically go all the way back to that of Peter being established as the first bishop of Rome. Okay, session uh, says that when when somebody when the when the elders of Jerusalem laid hands on Peter and established him as the the bishop of Rome or whoever established Peter as the bishop of Rome, Peter himself laid hands on others, and you know you have to go back to the first and second century um, and lineage and uh, Arrhenius and. Guys like those, Polycarp and others who in the first and second century claimed direct, you know, a, a direct link to living apostles. And they established the idea of what we now know as the episcopacy, the bishopric, you know, the college of bishops, the council of bishops, whatever it may be in your reformation. Okay. That goes back to this idea of apostolic succession. Now, where that where it gets thwarted is, for example, in the Methodist tradition, uh, our founder, the founder of Methodism, John Wesley, was an Episcopal priest, uh, well, an Anglican priest in the Church of England. He laid hands and uh, ordained bishops for the Methodist Church of America, okay? He did that, all right? So the question of apostolic succession, I mean, that, that question is apostolic succession uh, because, again, you know, because he was from the Church of England. The Church of England is a break off of the Catholic Church. You, you know the story. Uh, King Henry, who wanted to divorce, and he couldn't get the divorce from the Pope, so he just made his own church. Um, anyway, and and because he did that, uh, yes, he was he was ordained. He had his hands laid on him by an Anglican bishop. But the question was, did that authority transfer to him to do the same when he established the church, the Methodist Church, in the United States? And apparently, he he thought so. That 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 one, you know, now. As part of the Methodist communion, we do have bishops. Now, there are a few uh, independent Methodist uh, fellowships. 
But basically, you know, most are Episcopally governed. You know, that's their form of government. Um, and 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 then again, the at the beginning of the twentieth century, you know, when you talk about the movement, uh, uh, with William Seymour and the rise of the Pentecostal and Apostolic uh, movements, a lot of those churches, well, though you know they were founded by independent people, they were free from anything. So the leaders just started calling themselves bishops, you know, over the local church. And then you had, as they formed into fellowships, and you had the United Pentecostal Church, uh, Pentecostal Assemblies of the World, then later uh, Church of God in Christ, and the, uh, um, what's the other one, the uh, Assemblies of God, and other other uh, Zions like those. What, what what you came to see was the rise of these titles being presented. Because, I, I mean, at one time, the only thing you had uh, was 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 basically pastor. And, and, and then it gave rise, particularly, you know, with this movement, you know, it gave rise to the five-fold ministry. The five-fold ministry as listed in Ephesians chapter 4, being that of apostle, evangelist, pastor, prophet, and teacher. Okay? And I, I did that alphabet. I did that by alphabet. Now, because there are some who would argue that, you know, the apostle is the highest that you can get. That is the most authoritative um, leadership role in the church. That when you carry the title of apostle, that means you are highly anointed. You can't just be an apostle. Any and everybody just can't be an apostle. You have to be anointed and appointed to be an apostle. And then there's uh, those who say the next order is that a prophet office. <laughs> you know, you have the office of the apostle, you have the office of the prophet, and then the other three are just kind of you know anybody could be so anybody could be a pastor, anybody could be a, a teacher, and anybody could be an evangelist. But the prophet and the apostle, those are the two superpowers, and these two superpowers are reserved for the super saints. And so now the growing trend is, you you know, you you ain't somebody if you just pastor, you ain't somebody if you just evangelist. And of course, if you're just teacher, you really ain't nobody. Because you know, teacher ain't a title. You're not gonna put teacher. You know, I'm not gonna go teacher Lorenzo Neal. Uh, but <laughs> but the trend now is you know past you know uh, it's this this mesh of a title. You know, uh, there's some who claim that they all five in one and they walk in all five gifts and that uh, they 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 super apostle. Because they, they, you know, they are the only ones called to establish church authority, and and then this 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 idea that if you're apostle, then you're higher than a bishop. The question was when, uh, <laughs> or if, yeah, because uh, oh, well, you're you know you're a bishop, you're higher than a prophet. So when um, when a Juanita Bynum was you know announced that she'd be a, a a, a, a bishop Everybody, people were like well that's a demotion she she been demoted from from a prophetess to a bishop that's a demotion i'm like really i i, I didn't know that <laughs> i didn't know that going from one title to another was a demotion but that's how it's been <laughs> that's how it's been uh that's how it was was going on, and, and you know there there when you when you look at these titles, and and I'm sorry my my argument is very 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 fragile at the moment, because uh, uh, I was trying to trying to uh, craft it in, in a way that would be non-offensive to my brothers and sisters who who have such title, <laughs> you know those who. 
those who are 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 duly recognized as such and I have some very dear friends who have those titles. I just prepare I don't I've never, you know, since I've been in high school and junior high, I never liked the title Reverend. When I was a kid, you know, it was brother before you got licensed. I mean before you got ordained in the Baptist church where I grew up. You were always brother. You know, you were brother so and so you until you got ordained and most times sometimes they wouldn't ordain you unless the church called you the pastor. Uh, I was blessed, fortunate that um, you know I had a pastor who saw my giftings, and other pastors who recognized my giftings that they thought it not robbery to ordain me at a young age, you know, um, to a pastoral ministry. And, and I'm grateful. Dr. Robert uh, J. Lightsey II yeah, uh, was the one who ordained me as a as a youth pastor. Um, when I was in college, my pastor, C.R. Jackson, when I was just a little boy, you know, recognized my calling and allowed me to apprentice under him as a, you know, I learned how to how to minister. You know, he didn't license me for 14, uh, for, for years because, you know, he was like, you're a little 12-year-old boy, you know, learn. And I spoke and I spoke with his permission and, you know, under his auspices and whatever. But as a groom, you know, and matured, he understood that. And I was blessed. I had some great leaders that I was able to serve under before I entered my own pastoral ministry. And I'm and even as I've been in my own pastoral ministry, I've still had some great, great leadership. All right? Uh, coverings. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, I've never liked the title. I, I sometimes cringe when I hear pastor. You know, I'm like, come on, man, just call me, just, you call me Reverend, I don't care. You know, you call me Lorenzo, that's my name. That's what, uh, you know, the title is superlative. It's really, you know, I, I'm going to be Lorenzo without the title. Because uh, if I do anything to bring infractions upon the title, you ain't going to call me by, well, yeah, they might. <laughs> I digress, they, they might. Today, you know, they'll get you for it. <laughs> This idea of titles has really, has really gotten out of hand. It's popular. I mean, some there are some preachers who believe that they are not effective unless they have that title. That they are not really validated unless they have that title. I go back to this in African Methodism. The best title you can have is not bishop. The best title you can have is Reverend Doctor. <laughs> you could be Bishop, but if you want to be Bishop, you better be Reverend Doctor somebody. You better have Doctor in front of your name, and it better not be an honorary Doctor. It better be an earned Doctor. Now, I have a couple of honorary Doctors, but I never use, you know, every now and then when I just want to feel myself, you know, I you know it's in my it's in my bio. It's you know it's validated and whatnot. But I don't go out there calling myself Doctor Neil because I ain't earned a doctorate. You know I, you know yes I have done doctoral work and I have yet to finish my dissertation. Right now I am ABD all but you know I'm I'm doctor without the dissertation. <laughs> you know, so I ain't Reverend Doctor yet. But I know in 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 Zion's like mine. You ain't nobody if you ain't Reverend Doctor. Forget Apostle. Forget Bishop. Forget Evangelist. No, you better be Reverend Doctor. <laughs> These folk want to know, is you got your education? <laughs> uh, but outside of my faith reformation, outside of my faith reformation, the validation of a title elicits one's appeal. It elicits appeals to others. It it is it's as if it says it's saying that because I am apostle somebody, somebody, or bishop somebody, that I am now somebody in this thing called church. And it's sad that we've come to this. Now when I when I went back and referenced the Galatians scripture in Paul uh, uh, in, in uh, uh Paul's Paul's reference to himself as an apostle called by Jesus and not by man. 
I, I also had to go back and realize that he was fought over this for, for a while. You read Second Corinthians, particularly chapter 10, chapter 11, chapter 12. This man is just all, I mean, he's just, well, four. Uh, you know, in chapter four, he really, really says, you know, we we put off this hidden thing of of of, of the hidden things of ministry, and we've been tossed and we've been doing going through all this stuff, you know, counted as dead. And, and Paul in chapter eleven of Second Corinthians really goes through all kinds of hell, just because he called himself an apostle. In Philippians, he talks about people who were preaching the gospel who were not called just to discredit him because he called himself an apostle. And when you read through the scripture, you find the, the falling out between him and the church of Jerusalem because he felt his calling as an apostle was not to the church, uh, to the Jews, but to the Gentiles. And that was a great falling out between that the church of Jerusalem and uh Paul's ministry. So Paul, you know, he called himself an apostle at risk. It was not popular. He understood that he was going against the grain by calling himself an apostle, by even claiming. And he says that that when, you know, he had shown, Jesus had shown himself to everybody, and when he showed himself to them, the, him, he wasn't worthy. And Paul took the calling of apostle very serious. He understood the consequence of his calling was beatings, death, shipwrecks, judgment. He understood that. And that's why that that that's why I have issue with these titles. I have issues with these titles because they they do not come with the same intent. How much money do you need to make each month? That's the first question we'll ask when you decide to start your own home business through IncomeAtHome.com. As a success coach, I'm here to guide people like Karen, who needs to earn serious money from home. We were living payday to payday, and with four teenagers at home, we were worried. By the third month, I was banking more than $2,600. After only 18 months, I was consistently earning more than $7,000 a month. Now, it's a six figure income and I'm paying cash for college for four kids. We found our way out of rat race. Listen, this isn't selling soap or energy water to your friends. This is a real business bringing potential customers to your computer so you can earn money 24-7. Incomeathome.com is affiliated with a multi-billion dollar company and carries a triple A rating. So how much money do you need to earn each month from home? Visit IncomeAtHome.com right now for your chance to win $1,000. Friends, there's nothing as soothing as having a sweet aroma penetrate all of your senses. Peacock, the newest candle fragrance by Heatcentric, is that aroma. Peacock is a vegan hand-poured candle that fills the room with a soothing aroma that everyone is guaranteed to enjoy. Peacock by Hecentric is the fragrance developed by Lady Jocelyn Sanders that's designed to reflect the glory in everyday life. I guarantee you are not disappointed when you order your candle today from Hecentric. I have one at home and in my office, and I tell you, it's so good. It helps me relax at home, and it helps me concentrate and stay on task in the office. You need to order yours today by visiting LadySanders.com. And while they also pick up a copy of her book, The Encounter, I'm telling you, you will love both. Peacock by Hecentric, reflecting the glory in everyday life.
All right. Okay, I think okay, I'm, I'm, I'm on the thing. Nope, I got a echo. That's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.